Yes, everybody, it is Griff's Brain Dump, episode 54 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, you may be able to hear on the podcast that I have a fresh haircut. Can you hear it? Can you hear it in my voice that I have a fresh haircut? Haircut, why? Because I'm doing an urban gig. What do you call it, urban? What do you call it, black? A black gig um, in Shoreditch tonight with Todju. Um, Tanya Moore and Ori Styler hosted by Marvin Abbey doing that today. So, you know, when you're in front of black people, you got to get your hair cut. I can't be going on stage all shabby, all shabby and stuff. So, um, got my hair cut. So, as you can hear, I've got a fresh trim. Um, so, yep, get my hair cut. My local, local bar, well, it's not local. It's about a 10-minute drive in Harlesden which I like to call Little Jamaica. You know, if you're white and you're born in Harlesden, I think you could actually claim a Jamaican passport. It's it's a really Jamaican place in Harlesden. Um, and it's got like, it's not just Jamaicans, you've got your full yardies there as well. Your hardback Jamaicans, your, your soft Jamaicans. And it's just a, it's a whole, whole range. And not all Jamaicans are the same. I know like of many, one, but people, but still. Not all the same. There's so many different Jamaicans, okay? Uh, <laughs> I saw one of the hardback Jamaicans cussing in Burger King because I was in Burger King. Was I eating burgers? No. I was getting a mint Oreo milkshake, which was delicious, by the way. Um, but she was in there. I don't know what happened before, but I pieced together the parts. Um, Burger King, which is one that I don't see how it even competes with McDonald's. Its opening hours are much shorter than McDonald's. And their service is horrendous, horrendously slow. I just have no kind of like efficiencies of how to speed it up. Because I'll take your order and then I'm going to spend a good 10 minutes trying to put your orders together. And then the next person, I'll take your order. What do you want? I literally just want a bottle of water, mate. I've waited 10 minutes or you literally just stared at fries. It's a shit place. But from what I gathered... She wanted Coke, Coca-Cola, and um, they didn't have any Coca-Cola. They had every other type of Coca-Cola, though. Diet Coke, Coke Zero, um, Cherry Coke, all these other different flavours. The woman listed about eight different Coke variants. And um, and then she said it to another person. I heard that, right? So this heard her saying this to the other person. They're like, oh, OK, I'll just have a, I'll have a Diet Coke, please. But while she was doing that, as I came in, so right, I've, I've got the time of this story horribly wrong. So I'm coming into Burger King and this Jamaican woman's cussing, going, you're fucking rude. Upset me, you're fucking rude. Upset me now. Fucking rude. She's with like her son, he's about six years old. That's what I came into Burger King with. I came into Burger King too. And then as I'm queuing, another woman's ordered Coke. And the woman said, no, we don't have any Coke. But we have all these other cokes. I'm like, all right. I'm still trying to work on what it is. And I'm listening to the Jamaican woman in the corner. And she's, you know when someone's just ranting to themselves. And her son's like, doesn't know where to look. He's just like looking down at his chips and his little burger. So, the hop set me. The hop set me. The nah, the nah have the drink I want. And then she's fucking rude to me saying me can't have the drink. You're fucking rude. And I was thinking, right, what drink does she want? And then she gets on the phone. And it confirms what I thought. She wanted Coke and was not willing to accept any variant. Not a Diet Coke, not a Coke Zero. And I think the other woman must have just told her, 
I'm guessing the other woman was probably rude to me. I've profiled her. The woman behind the counter had a tattoo on her neck. So, <laughs> she probably only hold out the Burger King customer service handbook. You know, stay to that standard for so long until she just went, look, yeah, there ain't no fucking Coke. So, you don't want Coke, fuck off. But wait, what the way she rude? Yo, the door fucking rude. I'm about me can't have Coke. Now, give me one, my money. It's like, you, but you, 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 you've eaten the burger, love. I said, give me back my money, you fucking rude. <laughs> so, that's what I've come back to. Um, almost just watched the man get run over. Do you know I'm recording this podcast in the Asda car park? Because I need to go shopping. And I thought this was an opportune time to record a podcast. I just watched the man almost get run over. Because he thinks it's a good idea to walk through a car park backwards. While cars are reversing. But no one got run over. Um, and I wouldn't pause the podcast for it either. I would just comment on it. That's all. If someone did get run over. Um, who's this guy at Hyvis Vest? He can't be. No, he's TFL. He's not a parking attendant. Yeah, I've got three hours stay. Fuck him. Um, but how's your week been, people? How's your week been? Yeah? Now, here's how my week's been. Um, Monday, play football. Tuesday, gigged. Where did I gig on Tuesday? Ah, Trev Takabi's uh, gig in Leighton, uh, Muddy Waters Comedy. Fun night, fun night in a small room, but it's like it's a packed room, so it, that's good for comedy. That's good. You don't want a big room that's not packed. I mean, even a big packed room can sometimes not work. But, you know, it was good. Just did that on Tuesday, Wednesday, chilled out on Wednesday. Did I do anything particular on Wednesday? No. Just chilled. Just chilled. Yeah. Just chilled out on Wednesday. Thursday, uh, went to Comedy On. That's Kishan's gig. Um, that was good. That was fun. I was, wasn't even on the bill. Um, my boy, Brandon Palmer, was emceeing. Um, but he was ill in the run-up to hosting. So I was going to be the backup host of the show. So I made my way down there. Um, and Kishan kind of said, look, because you've actually made yourself available... You know, do you want to go on for 10 minutes? And I was like, ah, oh, shit, all right. I, I could. I'll do it. Um, that was fun. That was proper fun. Friday, I didn't show up. No, I went to, went to see went to see my girl. Went to see my girl. I've noticed something, right? So my my, uh, my girl lives in, in Hatfield. And I keep on saying to people, yeah, we're going to visit my girlfriend in Hatfield. Um, I know, t- depending who they are, two images come in their head, right? Um, they either assume that she's white because she lives in Hatfield or they assume that she's a university student at the University of Hertfordshire and I'm some creepy 30-year-old dating a university student. Listen, it's none of those things, all right? And that's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. You don't need any more information. Just It's none of those things. It's a, but, but, <laughs> get out of the business. But, um... But no, uh, so I did that on Friday. And what, what else? I think, yeah, chill on Friday. And Saturday, I um, did my radio show and went to Abingdon. I was in Abingdon yesterday. So I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon. I was in Abingdon upon, Abingdon on Thames. Now, you know some places are on Thames. It conjures up, you know, nice places. Like I, I was performing Henley on Thames the other day. Um, you know, Kingston on Thames, a nice part of London. Abingdon on Thames, 
really should just be called Abingdon. <laughs> I'm being mean. Abingdon is is a nice place. It reminds me, if anything, it actually reminds me of my hometown. That's why I feel uh, quite open to take the piss out of it. But me and Fred Barber drove down there and performed in Abingdon at the Out of Bounds Comedy Club there. Um, it was fun. They had the ladies football team in there. It was one of the team's birthdays. They were just having a great time. Um, they were a laugh. Fucking rowdy. Fucking rowdy. And it's hard having you got rowdy women in the crowd. Because you can't tell them, shut the fuck up. Because it's just, it's just not good. It's not, it's not becoming of a man to tell a bunch of women, shut the fuck up. I didn't have to anyway. They were, they were quiet for me. Well, I say quiet, they laughed at my jokes. They were, they were good for me. But, um, and I, I think because I engaged them in a non-confrontational way as well. Uh, so, you know, it was good. But it was funky. It's always nice to get out of London. Because um, being in the London bubble, man. Being in the London bubble where you just think everything is London. Everything's, everything's got that left-wing lean. And, you know, you just think, yeah, it's just, when you do comedy in London sometimes, right, it's... You can't. Sometimes you can't say certain things. Just some people. You you mention certain words. It's like a trigger word for some people, right? It's like they go. You know, you say black, and they just get. You say like, like middle class white people in the crowd. Like, oh, God, he's going to talk about race. He's going, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! He's going to talk about race. I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. We are so post race. Oh my God! He's going to talk about race. You know, they'll make a joke that actually highlights how racist they are. It's really targeted at them, and then they're just like, um, should I laugh? So it's a comedy show. Yes, the words that come out of my face are jokes. Yes, they they're kind of true, but yes, it's a joke. Whereas when you go to places outside of London, they don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. If it's funny, it's funny. If your punchline is yeah, and I kick the midget out of the wheelchair, they would just burst out laughing. I don't even give a shit. They wouldn't give a shit. Whereas in London, they're like, uh, excuse me, it's it's a little person. He's like, so you're ignoring the fact I just kicked them out of a wheelchair. Yeah, that's that's irrelevant to you. Yes, it's little person. You have to use the right words. He's like, oh, right. Right, I see. But um, <laughs> that's what it's like. That, any comedian will tell you that. Um, kicking in, in and out of London. But talking about London... Who's seen the new Nike advert? Eh? What's better? What, what's it? What's better than being a Londoner? LDNR. Hashtag LDNR. Look. Right. Here's the thing about this advert. You ready? It's a good fucking advert. That's what I think. I've been on debates about it online with more than one person, more than one forum. It's ridiculous. You can't satisfy some people. You've got to have a threshold where you're satisfied. I've noticed that. I've had to come to that term, uh, come to that conclusion myself. That you can be super woke about everything all the time. But if you're like that all the time, then there's no end line to that. You can never be satisfied. If you're so like, all right. If you're like, say you're anti-racism, right? Right, you're anti-racism. I think that's why I think people should be pro something, not anti. Because say if you're anti-racism, all that means is just you're always ready for the fight. You're always ready for the scrap. That's all you're ready for. So then, 
you're fighting racism at every point. Every point. Until the point where it's like, actually, everything's actually equal now. Everything is equal. Imagine it's, it's this universe where everything is now equal and it's all just done on merit. If you're anti-racism, you're going to find the racism. I'm not trying to do the whole, you know, we are the world, we are the people, I'm colorblind. No, I'm not doing that shit. That is not what I'm fucking doing. What I'm saying is, is that you should be pro. You can be pro, you can be pro racial equality. You can be pro black. I don't, I don't care, but you should be pro something because then you're actually working towards a fucking finish line. When I mean, you're just anti all the time, you're just looking for holes. And it's like it's what's happened with this advert. Everyone's so anti that with this this fucking three minute advert, people are picking out one bit or little bits. Like, why does she have to? Why does the black woman have to run through Peckham? What's wrong with Peckham? Why is he in the chicken shop? It's like. What? It's like the chicken shop's open. That, that, the, the point she's making is, you think your journey from Zone 6 is long, I have to run through Peckham at night. The police are like, yeah, why does she have to run at night? So well, why is it a woman? Why is she black? So, well, you know, why is she... Run? It's like, because oh, she does stuff in the day. She has to run at night. So what, how do you want Peckham to be represented? By some like middle-class white kids in a pop-up bar? Do you want that? No, you talking about, oh, it's just a stereotype that, you know, the black people have to be in the chicken shop. The chicken shop's open at that time of night. Like, what, what do you want? It, what more do you want? Like, if you want to talk about stereotypes, is it a stereotype that black women go jogging? No. So that's a stereotype broken. So, with one stereotype broken, another stereotype's reinforced. Or is it reinforced? Is it just merely observed? You as a black person pissed off that there's, there's black people in a chicken shop. Have you been in a fucking chicken shop? Imagine if they did Peckham in this advert and they had no black people. There'd be uproar about that because you're just anti. You're not actually for anything. You're just anti. Stop being anti, people. That's all I'm saying. But the advert's fucking good. All right? It's just, I think it's a good advert. It's just, it's just a fun advert. And I'd rather a well-curated, creative well, it's just, it's a marketing scheme. I get it. I'm not, this isn't curing racism. That's not his aim. His aim is to fucking get sports engagement with youth and then to buy night products. I'm not a fucking idiot. But it's just like, well, they've done a good advert. Let them have it. You can't be sitting here moaning about H&M and monkey jumpers, but then when the company actually puts together a well, actually well-crafted advert that's representative of fucking London... People go, well, it's, it's, it doesn't have, it's, it's, that's shit. What, why, why is Gareth Southgate acting like God? It's like the guy literally just said, I have more chance of being struck by lightning than going pro. And then he shoot up to the sky to the current England manager with Wembley in the background. And he points at someone on the pitch, boom. And it's not the guy who makes a comment, it's Ryan Sessegnon, Fulham left back. And then he gets picked. Then he gets done, skill-wise, by the boy. Literally showing that, oh, don't look, there's less chance, there's more chance of me getting hit by lightning than getting, going pro. And the guy gets picked to go pro, I'm better than him. Let's just watch the advert. It's really, it's not even that deep. It's got loads of cameos, it's got loads of sports stars in, loads of grime artists. Top of my head, Skepta's in there, AJ Tracy, Dave... Jay Huss, um, Giggs, and back to that Peckham point, Giggs actually says the advert, what's wrong with Peckham? 
it's just, it's just a good advert. It's fucking good advert. Just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Uh, some people go, oh, why, why, why are the black people in the scummy bits? There's only white people in the scummy bits. It's just got the white guy rowing. He's like, what? What about the white guy riding the bike with no front wheel? What about the white girl who has to leave the estate and play football in fucking Millwall? <laughs> what are you talking about? Just picking shit up. Just, just making shit up. Just like, you just want to be outraged. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's fake outrage. I just think some people just, it's overwoke sometimes. You overwoke. Like I said, when you're too woke, you may suffer from sleep deprivation. Sometimes just have a little nap in it. Sometimes. Sometimes. Right. That's what this podcast is about. It's me ranting. It's my podcast. I rant about what the fuck I want. What? Fucking. You want some, yeah? But, um, <laughs> what else was I going to talk about? Two hours this week. Um, I didn't even mention at the, at the gig on Tuesday, right? I should have said this, but I was talking about Tuesday. Um, you guys, have you ever had someone impart wisdom on you? However, their breath stank. But worse than that, they're holding your hand. So now, as you're trying to pull away, you're actually now physically locked to this person as they breathe. So you're holding your breath. And then you don't want to breathe through your mouth because the idea of taking that smell into your mouth is actually vomit-inducing. So you're just there, kind of holding your breath and just nodding, trying to wrap up the conversation while conserving air. You're like, big breath in. And so, mm-hmm, 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 of advice and the annoying thing is the advice is actually good you're listening to it this happens a random punter in the pub just telling me great great advice it's like yo you got balls to do what you're doing you got only got one life go for what you want go, you have to do stuff with a passion it's like all the things you sound like i i agree and this is a conversation i'd love to have with you if i didn't want to leave anyway and if your breath didn't smell so stop talking please ah <laughs> oh dear but um but then what else has happened this week as well about um what's going to talk about oh so i'm just jumping all over the place talking about being fucking woke um black panther got my tickets i'm going on thursday right going on thursday i've spent way too much on these tickets i got suckered in I just kept it too real. Three, I've got 3D and sitting in some D-box seats. I don't know what D-box is. I had to look it up. D-box, the seats move. So you're fully immersive in the cinematic experience. Fully immersive in the cinematic experience. And um, I'll tell you my joke on there because I've... Uh, because I'm going to burn it out because this Black Panther film ain't going to be out forever. But listen, there are two types of people excited for Black Panther, all right? Those who fucking love comics, yeah? They've loved Marvel from day one. They've been waiting for this movie and they've been waiting for this character to come out, yeah? You've got those people and you've got those other people who are black. That's it. Those are your two people who want to see Black Panther. And I am in the second category. I know fuck all about this character, all right? I generally thought Black Panther was just made up 
just, you know, Black Lives Matter shit was happening. And there was like, let's appease these black people. Let's get Black Panther on. <laughs> that's just... That's what I thought. Nah, I didn't think that much. I didn't think it was like that exactly. But I actually don't know the character. Like, I grew up watching X-Men. So I knew them from Marvel. And that's really it. Like, Iron Man, Captain America, for all those guys. Like, they're really purely from the Avengers stuff that I've picked up on them. they kind of read backwards about these guys and how they fit into things. But the Black Panther thing... Again, that's got some momentum. Everyone's, those black people just want to go. They don't know fuck all about comic books. I know a little bit. I'm middle of the road. I'm not a comic book geek. I don't know if Spider-Man from that universe would have beaten Spider-Man from this universe and the Hulk versus Ultimate Hulk and all that shit. I don't know what all that shit is. Like, I don't. Don't start talking to me about that, all right? I watched the film. The first Hulk I knew was Luferigno. That's the Hulk I knew growing up, right? Where he was just... He wasn't even actually that big. He was just a human. He's just Lou Ferrigno size. Just covered in green. That's all I, that's all I knew the Hulk has, right? So... Yeah, I don't know any of these... Um, I know all those other, like, kind of... In, um, intricate details of comic books and that. So I'm just going to watch Black Panther. Because I'm black. Uh, just to keep it real. And just going to turn to the next black person meeting. And... You know, I'm not playing catch up. Now, has anyone read the agenda points? Hi guys, this is the second meeting of the black of black people um, this year. It's the February edition. Has everybody uh, watched Black Panther? Yep, yep, yes, yep, yep. Darren, I noticed you didn't say yes. What, what's happening? Ah, boom. Listen, thing is, didn't get a chance to see Black Panther. Pardon? I didn't. I didn't get a chance to. See it. But Darren, you've you've been invited to at least the three different screenings. Yeah, I have. I have. Um, but don't own a dashiki or a bada, so you know, couldn't really. Yeah, didn't have the dress code to go uh, to any of those screening events. I would have felt a bit like I was selling out if I just came in my. H&M monkey jumper. No, I'm messing. I'm messing. I don't have that jumper. They, they pulled it. Mid-order. They ain't refunded me yet. I ain't got that jumper. But, um, yeah, but everyone's excited about Black Panther. You know, I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm not going to dig people out for being excited. If you want to watch the film, go watch the film. And I get it. I see it from both sides. I get that. It's not a black-owned film. It's still Marvel making money. Um... And it's us, it's, it's, it's a way of showing to Hollywood that if you have black people in leading roles, you can make a lot of money. But here's the thing, Hollywood already knows this. Yep, they already know this, they've had Blade, they've got Will Smith, they know having black people in lead roles sells tickets, alright? So, part of me just kind of thinks there is just some big white exec just sitting smoking cigars going... Yes, yes, we made a film for the blacks, and now we got these niggas money. We got their money. <laughs> that's that's what just, that's my that's my thought. That, that's how I feel. Someone's just there at, at Disney because Marvel's owned by Disney, isn't it? So yeah, that's what I think's happening. Disney still haven't made a proper black uh, black cartoon 
Yeah, have they? They've literally gone to fucking, like, Polynesia. They've literally hit every demographic. They've got, like, Mulan for, like, the Asians. You know, it's clumsy Asian because it's, like, she's Chinese, Japanese. And just, like, all these different traditions all mixed in one. It's, it's a mess. Um... They've got uh, Jasmine and Aladdin, Middle Eastern. But they still had a proper black, like, princess or prince. Stuff. No, Lion King's the closest thing we've had. And they're fucking animals. Like, people got excited for, like, the Lion King voiceover being all black people. It's like, they're fucking animals. It's not actual black people. It's a lion. I know some of you are going, what about Princess and the Frog? What about Princess and the Frog? She's black. Fuck off. Don't count. Don't count. I'll tell you why it doesn't count, all right? One, they made voodoo all weird. Okay. Two, in Princess and the Frog, Princess Tiana, I think. Right, what happens in every other Disney film? Princess kisses a frog. What happens? Frog turns into a prince. Boom. Princess is married happily ever after. Right? What happens to Princess Tiana when she kissed a frog? She turns into a fucking frog. Fuck off, Disney. Alright? But I'm still going to see Black Panther because I paid for my tickets. So, kept that woke. But, um... <laughs> but what else is going on? Um, Quincy Jones, he had his interview. If you don't, if you haven't read that, you've got to read the Quincy Jones interview. It's amazeballs. Um, I always... I've, I've got a joke about old people. Like, you got to give respect to old people, right? you got to respect them. We've lived through life. Everything that we think is hard now pales in significance to what they've been through. Especially if you're, you know, from immigrant parents, yeah. You know? Like, we, like I said, us staying woke, looking for racism in an advert here, advert there, they didn't have time for that because they generally had someone putting a brick through their fucking window. Going, fuck off back home, you wog. So, it's just like, yeah, they ain't really got time to be looking for representation in adverts, you know. That's right. <laughs> they ain't got time for that. Yeah, so... so, they, so they've been through shit, so you got to respect old people. However, old people do get to an age where their stories... I'm not sure if it's that their memory is, like, going, or the truth doesn't matter anymore. Or, or it is, or the fact that social etiquette doesn't matter, and they are telling the truth. Could be any of those things. And Quincy Jones' interview literally like epitomizes that. It's a, I think it's just a fantastic interview. He just swaps and changes topics. Like he talks about how Marlon Brando fucked Richard Pryor, and then the interview is like, what? And then he's like, Do you like Brazilian music. So, so, he can't what? He just changes topics. Boom. Yeah, he called Beatles shit. Michael Jackson, a thief. Said he fucked Donald Trump's daughter. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. I've seen a few people say stuff like, oh, he's revealing all this dirt and he saw all this dirt in Hollywood because he talks about, like, the Me Too shit. I need to stop saying shit when I'm talking about something serious. He's talking about, like, the Me Too campaign and stuff. And... A lot of people online going, wow, so he's revealed all this dirt and he witnessed all this dirt. However, he didn't partake in any of it. Hmm. Is that right? Well done. Uh, yeah, he got it. Why is he going to self-snitch? 
He's like, yeah, he's talking ill of the dead. It's like, boy, they should have stayed alive to defend themselves. Like, that's all I'm saying. If I out-survive you, hey, and someone's asking me questions, I'm, I'm throwing you under the bus. You're dead. And the same way, if you out-survive me, boy, boy, throw me under the bus, I'm dead. I can't defend myself. Fuck it. Don't, don't make your life hard. But it's a great uh, thing. It's on Vulture. Vulture.com. Um, a few people have come out and... and uh, confirmed the things he said i like how the, but he listed a few well-known uh people who got had sex with marlon brando uh richard Pryor's daughter said that's not true but richard Pryor's ex said yeah it is so <laughs> who knows who bloody knows but um let's get to the part because this is around a bit longer than i wanted it to um so let's get to dear deirdre time um Let's go. Right. Let's find Dear Deirdre. Some of the, the headlines here are flipping mad. You ready for this one? Let's hope the internet loads here because it's been a bit dodgy. It, there we go. Right. Dear Deirdre. My wife cheated with Jim Creep and now says I should see Hooker for revenge. My God. Here it comes. Uh, my wife suggested I have sex with a cool girl so that I won't feel so bad for... Uh, for che- yeah, for che- so she won't feel so bad for cheating on me. I can't believe it's come to this. She called me at work two months ago saying our family doctor wanted to see us together that evening. Oh my word. I was worried she was seriously ill, but when I got to the surgery, she started crying. The doctor told me that my wife had a sexual infection and that I was likely to have it too. I've never slept with anyone else but her, ever. I shouted at her, who was it? The doctor calmed me down and prescribed antibiotics for us both. We drove home in silence. My wife later admitted that she'd been sleeping with a guy from the gym where we are both members. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, look, you shouldn't cheat, but cheat respectfully. Like, if you are, like, you know, when people cheat with, like, people's siblings and all that shit, like, we, it's just, it's just, it's just a mess. Like, if you're going to cheat, do it in a different country where... The person's just like a name or an idea. They're not an actual person and a being. God, this guy's going to be on fucking bench press. The husband trying to like just pump out his fucking rage. Because he can't hit a woman. Although he wants to just put a fucking barbell right through his wife's face. And he can't do that. And he's probably down bench press just like pumping it out. And he gets caught. He gets caught. He's like, ah, wait, I've done too many. Ah, ah, someone help. Someone else ain't got a spotter. And then this guy from the gym stood over and like, hey, mate, I'll help you out. And he's like, fuck yeah! Got a fucking barbell on his neck. God, fuck off! Mate, you really, you need to let me help you lift this bar. You're going to die. Fuck you, you prick! He's just, he's willing to, ah, oh, mate. Can't be a member of that gym. You can't, that's got to be one of those circumstances where you can go to the gym. Look, I want you to ban that guy and my wife from this gym and make sure they never go to the same gym together again anyway <laughs> let me let me carry on reading um we were both mum, members i was livid he took a shine to her when she, when she'd go there during the day when i was out at work showing her how to use machines as a way to get close to her gym creep her girls night out were no such thing she admitted to having unprotected sex with him at his flat and a few times in our bed. Ah, I felt 
I felt sick with disgust. My wife and I are both 30. This low life is 27. Oh, he's younger as well. Can't. This, oh, this man is... This must be destroying this man. Um, I work long hours, but this guy is a driver who just works whenever he wants. We love one another, and so we're trying to save our marriage. She's ended it with him and changed gyms, but it's not as easy as that. Our sex life used to be great nearly every night, and now it's taken a dive. I can't get it um, out of my head. She told me to fuck off. She told me to pull myself together. Listen, bitch. You're lucky I don't kick you right in your clit. Pull yourself together. You can say pull yourself together after you cheated on someone. That goes both ways. That's not just me being like aggressive to women. If men cheat on a woman, you can't tell your woman, look, get over it. What's the fucking big deal? That's not your place. After a month was up, she said, your bad moods can't go on. Women do this shit. You notice this, right? If you piss a woman off, she's allowed to be in a bad mood for as long as she needs to be in that bad mood. But as a man, you can't, you can't stew. You're not allowed. I've had this. I had this with an ex before. Where she fucked up and meant the relationship was going to end. And then she was trying to have a go at me for making her feel bad. Like, what? It's because women are used to just that default crying. Some, I should say some women just use that default, I'm going to cry my way out of this situation. And daddy's going to go, oh, yeah, you're still my little princess. Not, no, no. Alright, so she said, why don't you get an escort girl round to have sex with her? That way we'll be equal. I can't believe she said such a thing. It's made the situation so much worse. I keep thinking of how many times I must have had sex with my wife just hours after that bastard. And bareback as well. <sighs> I love her, but I'm finding it hard to simply forgive and forget, mate. Just end the relationship. Fuck it. End it. She cheated on you, so surely that works in your favour in the divorce. I know you're in love, but this is just torment, and you could be in love with someone else who ain't going to treat you like a prick. Fucking gym guy. Like, what's, what's that worth to the relationship? Anyway, no. So, no, don't don't bang the, the hooker, alright? Because half the fun of banging the hooker is you're not meant to. If your wife gives you permission, then that's just no fun. <laughs> so don't do it. You just feel shit about having having paid for sex. Unless she's paying for it. Do that. That's what we want to do. Get her to pay for the hooker. Have sex with the hooker as many times as she had sex with the guy. With different hookers though, each time. And get her to pay for it. And then after she's paid for it all, go, actually, no. It's over. That's what you need to do. And then when it comes to court, she's like, he cheated on me. He's like, no, I didn't. She cheated on me, and then she bought me hookers. So, please, I want half of what she's earning. She gets nothing of mine. All right, let's see. Does they have a dodgy excuse? Um, dear Deirdre, how can I trust my partner when my ex and my former husband both cheated? Oh, fucking hell, it's all cheating, isn't it? My ex-husband had an affair with a colleague uh, and the boyfriend after him had a string of other girls too. I can't... I keep thinking my new bloke is only staying with me until someone better comes along. He has lots of female Facebook friends. Yep, okay, so he can have sex with them on Facebook. What the fuck does that mean? He has loads of female Facebook friends. If he's with you all the time on Facebook, he's not fucking them, is he? 
I'm 46 with two kids from my marriage. He's 36. Oh, younger man. And has moved in but often says he's too tired for sex. Women, sometimes men don't want to have sex. Stop watching films that men have sex all the time. We don't. We don't actually want sex all the time. Really don't. Uh, I just changed, he just changed his job from driving buses to doing scaffolding. I know it's physically challenging, but he can't be tired all the time. He tells me he loves me, but always says he loves the way I look after him. Oh, no. His mum left home when he was 12. Oh, no. Um, does he see me as a mother figure? My insecurities have pushed him away. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your mum. Your sexy mum. The sexy mum, he's, uh, he's done the sex with you. He's, he's got his meal fantasy out of the way. You know, it's only 10 years between you. Um, and now, you know, he's comfortable. He's probably not even cheating on you. He really probably is just freaking up. I just have lots of wanks. I don't think he's cheating on you. Don't worry about it, love. Just, but you should just um, end it. Again, that's my advice to that. End it. All you do is get the kids out of the house. And um, just force yourself on him, you know. Because sometimes it's a man. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying. Sometimes it's a man. You, you, you're tired for sex. You, you don't want sex. You're too tired. And that's because all the blood's in your brain. I'm too tired. But if you just redirect that blood on the man. Then we're like, actually, I am tired. I should be awake in four hours to go to work. But seeing as I've now got a boner. All right, then. Um, right, let's see this next one. Uh, um, which one? Oh, fuck it, hell. Oh, there's so many. How, how long has this podcast been? Because I, I don't want to overrun. I don't do a really long one. But there's flipping loads here. I'm 38. Oh, fuck. Um... Fuck it, I'm going, I'm going. Look, if you want to sign out, it's all, it's all got to be dear, dear, dear. There's nothing new at the end. Um, is it too late to escape my control freak husband? Um, I would like to warn younger women to not live in a miserable relationship for years, like I have done. I so regret wasting my life. My husband makes me miserable and has done so all his life. Jesus Christ. He rations everything, the electricity, gas, even the water. It's not the war, mate. It's not the war. Fighting the blitz and you can't run out of water. It's like it's, it's water, mate. It's not gonna run out. I'm constantly cold in my own home. Nah, that's not life. He's 75 and I'm 70. Um, we have a nice place, but it's not cozy. Just a cold box and a place to sleep. Money is all he ever thinks about. My children left home years ago and hardly visit. They don't like their dad and tried to encourage me to leave years ago. Fucking hell! But I had no confidence and no money to do so. I so regret that, and it's too late now. Um, that's not really a dilemma, Dad. Look, you're 70, he's 75, you're 70. You can't just leave. If your kids, what, hey, to be fair, if your kids are saying you should leave, then your kids should put you up. That's my advice on that. that that's my advice on that one. Is um, If your kids say you should leave, they should have a spare room. Uh, my wife is addicted. My wife gambles 24/7, and when she's not gambling, she's shouting at me and the kids. She gives me no love and affection. She's she gets mad if she loses on the gambling sites, as she would, because she didn't win. 
Um, she drinks a lot too, and then her temper is really bad. This wife seems shit, mate. Get a new one. She bought a bottle of vodka the other day, and I tipped half of it away and filled it with water. She went ballistic. So would I. That's a waste of vodka. Just just take the vodka away, isn't it? Well, why have you... Well, if your point is she's drinking too much, why do you still give her some drink? That doesn't make any sense. And you're giving her a drink that doesn't taste nice. Why just... That doesn't make any sense. Just pour it all away, if that's your point. I just ruined the drink. Um, I know it's not good for the kids to see us fighting like this, but if I leave, she might start on them. You could take the kids with you, mate. I love her. We're both 35. Again, it's people in these shit relationships, isn't it? Um, she's got a gambling problem. She You get to admit she has a gambling problem and seek help. Um, and then you'll have to try and support her through that um and and snitch snitch on her tell her family tell her mom tell her dad tell everyone um because it's all for her better better good and the alcohol as well yeah mood swings the anger is volatile because she's gonna end up swinging at you mate and like i said you're the man so there's only so many punches you can duck duck and dodge before you have to swing a right hook back protect yourself keep your guard up that's the thing Ooh, look at this one. I keep fantasising about having sex with all, all of my wife's mates. Even her bridesmaids. All of them. Every single mate. I'm 30 and my wife is 28. We got married last summer. I have never cheated on her. But she had four bridesmaids for our wedding. And I have fantasised about having sex with all of them at some point or other. Um, they come round some evenings for drinks before they go out and it makes me want to experience sex with somebody else. They have a good sex life and my wife will try most things. When sex is over, I just want it again and again and again and again. He's only right again twice. But <laughs> Sometimes we have sex multiple times in the day and I still feel the urge for more. Sometimes she offers me more, but I say no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't get it. You wanted more. He's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm just being with your friends. The thing is, I always want more, but not with her. What's wrong with me? That's that's how I have to read this it, this guy's voice. I have to read it in that in that time. He just sounds depraved. I don't know what Deirdre says. Um, you are looking to meet some needs beyond satisfied natural sexual desire. Identify what that need is and you should start to feel satisfied by your good sex life and share it with your wife. I, I, uh, is there any part of you that always feels unloved because of cold and neglectful childhood? Are you whipping up your libido by viewing a lot of porn, say? My e-leaflet, addicted to sex, explains how to sort it out. Um, no, I think this guy, just, I think, uh, what it is, right, as a guy, um, yeah, you can't control what fancies pop into your head. But, and if, as long as it stays in your head, that's fine, I think. Just keep it in your head. Don't tell your wife. But here's the thing, mate. Um, just think about the actual realistic outcome of having sex with one of your wife's friends. Um, no one would be on your side. Not even your mates. Um, I suppose they may joke about smashing your wife's friends. They may even joke about smashing your wife. Uh, but it's funny because it's a joke. And so 
the realistic thing of you having sex with your wife's friend is, is just a poor outcome for everyone involved. So don't do that. And also the realistic thing is you may have sex with them and the sex would be dead, be dreadful. She may start crying halfway through because her conscious kicks in and then you've got a hashtag me too moment on your on your hands. Um, so, you know, she might say, I'm going to have to tell my friend, I can't believe I did this. I'm such a terrible friend and you're going to have to like kill her and bury her under a patio. And, you know, and then they all start looking for her and then one of the other friends suspects it's you. So then you have to kill her. And they just get into a vicious cycle where you've murdered all of your wife's friends. You know, and then you get caught. And then you go to prison and you, you've got four murder charges on your hand and the guilt of sleeping with your wife's friend. And all your wife ever did was love you. Unless she's bagging the guy from her gym. And then, oh, <laughs> then you don't know. All right, I'm going to end it on that one. Uh, right, so that is the end of the podcast. Join me next week. Um, what, what day is that? It's the 18th. Yeah, I have to find some time to do that because I'm celebrating my niece's birthday. But everyone, thanks for listening to the podcast. Also, North London is white. Um, Fuck off back to Woolwich. Um, North London is ours. Um, Cheers and see ya.